Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Monday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harris here with the Daily VRA Investing Podcast. Hoping you all had a good day today. Um, wow. <laughs> what a day in the market today. You know, uh, oh, first of all, let me tell you straight up. I uh, Tonight, I'll be on with uh, on the Wayne Root Show tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern on usaradio.com. Again, 7 p.m. Eastern on the usaradio.com. Hope you can join us. Uh, Wayne likes to reach out to me when we have... Uh, Interesting things happen in the markets. Today certainly qualifies. Today, as Tyler told me before the podcast, today was the very first time the Dow Jones had been down more than 1,000 points, yet still finished green on the day. That is, uh, that's quite an accomplishment. First time ever, right? Uh, Dow Jones at one point today was down close to 1,200 points. You know, it may have been down 12. I, I don't watch every tick. I saw down 1,150, I believe before mounting a furious rally, finishing up uh, 99, we're going you know, to round up, finishing up 100 points, I think it deserves it, finishing up 100 points at uh, 34,364, uh, a winner on the day, and again, everything came back, NASDAQ was down over 500 points, 500 points is big, that's a big deal, 4.5%, I believe I saw, NASDAQ was down, finishing green on the day, up 6 tenths of 1% at 13,855, rough 2,000, this is the one that really made the turn, and God, it was about time. Rust 2000 just had a bear market, folks. Just had a bear market from last November down over 20% before finishing up today 2.3%. Uh, very good to see. Way overdue. And then SP500 was up 12 today after also being down to 4%. Was I saw down 4% at one point. So th- today was ugly at the open. But as I told our folks this morning, my mentor, my first mentor is Ted Parsons. Ted Parsons was an old school guy that his mentor worked on Wall Street during the Great Depression. So I learned really from those two guys and Mike, Michael Metz, who was my mentor after that at Oppenheimer, director of research. But Ted was a big, big contrarian, big contrarian when he always had a nose for, 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 for sniffing out when there was blood in the streets and when there was euphoria in the clouds. Ted just knew he had a little he had a little cheat that he used as well. He had an old school brokerage firm. I was in Underwood Newhouse then, an old school brokerage firm where the people guys would come in off the street and sit and watch the ticker. Again, this is before computers and everything, right? Uh, at least before the average person had them. We had them in our back office, and uh, ultimately we had them at our desk. So, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, they all come in, and Ted's policy was if this room is full. If all these old guys are here to place trades, to talk to their broker, that means there's a lot of froth in the market. And that's when he didn't – it didn't mean he would sell, but it means he stopped buying. And just the opposite was true. When there was nobody in the bull, in the bull pit, when there was no one there at all, then Ted said it was a buying opportunity. And there were other things like that that he paid attention to. But I can promise you this. If Ted Parsons were still alive today – Wow, he was not that aggressive, but today would have been would have been different. Today would have been different. I, I will tell you, he bought at the exact lows, at the exact lows of the '87 crash. I know it because I was in his office, watched it happen, and um, he would have been buying aggressively to, today at the open. We came into look. If you've been joining us here, I'm not. I'm going to save you the time and trouble of repeating all this. We came into today already. At extreme, oversold on steroids. We get no more oversold than that level. That's what we call it for the VRA investing system. When the rubber band is stretched so far that either the market's going to break or we've got to go in the other direction. And that's what we came in today. 
So, so the best buys of my career, and again, thank you for this, Ted Parsons, have come on Mondays when there's blood in the streets. This morning, qualified. Ugly, ugly trading before the turn started. Again, that turn started in the Russell 2000 after it had a bear market. That's what, Those are the kind of things to look for. Uh, also today, we saw that the NASDAQ, I think Tyler said NASDAQ today was down at 1.19.7%. I, I, I didn't confirm that on my own, but Tyler, Tyler gets this stuff right. So NASDAQ almost had a bear market. The semiconductors have been destroyed. NVIDIA's down, I think, I think 50% from its highs uh, of last year. And, uh, uh, you know, we bought the semiconductors this morning, as a matter of fact, at the open. And I can tell you that they've been destroyed as well. Uh, this, the SMH, the semi-ETF, going into this morning was already been down 16%. And then after the open, it probably got down to, to corrected territory as well. The point being, you know, this was a, uh, this was a big snapback. Uh, that uh, I think continues. I think I think it, I think it continues, and here's why. We saw so many of these stats. You've seen them. I'm not going to repeat them all. There's a ton of them. That says this market is it is as oversold as at any point since the March 2020 lows. Like we all get that, right? I could I could name off a whole page of them here to you. But the things that we look for that really make a difference are when we get the 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 AAI survey at 21 of last week. Right. If they took that poll uh, uh, this morning at about 10, it would have been it have been about 10 percent. OK. Uh, but again, the, this is the kind of readings you go, OK, that's just extreme. That, that's extreme bearishness. The put call ratio was was over uh, one all day on Friday. That was our first clue. And then today we saw the same thing. Actually, you know what? Let me pull up the final read on the put call ratio. I want to I want to have that here for you. Because, again, on Friday, the put call ratio was above one all day, closing at 1.33. That's elevated. That, that was back to, actually not back to back days with it, but it's, uh, the day before it was, and then of course the Friday was. And today, the put call ratio was, uh, yeah, here we go, uh, well above one all day, opened at 1.3, still finishing at 1.2. You know, probably average during the day was about 1.25. So again, these are elevated readings, blood in the streets kind of stuff. You know, when you have uh, uh, bear markets that occur in essentially in NASDAQ and Russ 2000, and the average stock in NASDAQ is down over 50%. So, we, again, this is, this is it's, it's not just been a short-term thing either. Yeah, it happened fast. The, the capitulation, which is what we saw today, happened fast, it seems like. But this has been a, a, a very broad, broad sell-off that has hit everything. Except you know, there've been the bit the ten mega caps that have held up. Everything else has really been destroyed. Kathy Woods ETF, Arc, uh, Arc Technology Fund. You know, again, here's another one. It opened today at sixty five. Okay, or hit hit a low today of sixty five, down from one fifty nine. Uh, the real destruction. And again, that's that's a that's a good barometer to use. You know, for how 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 severe this pullback has been. But again, here's why I see this market rally continuing. Uh, we're going to get the Fed meeting this week. And look, <clears throat> unless the Federal Reserve, Jay Powell, the money printing rock star, and his married band of financial engineers, self-described financial masters of the universe, unless Jay Powell and his buddies have decided that they want to destroy the markets, Right, the economy, the markets, 
They want to, they really want to normalize everything. They want to get back to the, the good old days, right? Unless they've made that decision that all their financial engineering was started in Japan in 2001, unless they've made the decision that this doesn't work and we're going to, we're going to rebuild, we're going to, we're going to crash the whole thing and start over. Unless they've made that decision this Wednesday and unless they've, they've lost all ability to be honest with us. And I don't think that's the case. I think Jay Powell, he may not be, God, how do I say this? Jay Powell is a team player, and I don't mean that in a good way. But I also don't think he's an evil guy, okay? Maybe, maybe I'm reading him wrong. But I think what happens on Wednesday, and I wrote this at the beginning this morning as well, is that this economy has been slowing for some time. Anybody, again, all you have to do is halfway pay attention. You, you see it all around you, right? The economy is slowing. I, we saw it at Christmas, Christmas shopping here, as I, re, I talked about at the time. We, we had to go into Walmart and Target a couple nights before Christmas, I think it was a Friday or Saturday, maybe both nights, and we we're like, "Where is everybody? You know, where 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 is everybody?" And uh, you know, then you see the earnings that have come out so far, and the destruction that's happening in these er- in the earnings uh, reports. Uh, J.P. Morgan, I mean, just after hitting all time highs, just is it a bear market? So, <clears throat> again, down twenty percent, I believe I saw today, um, but that's not that that that's a sign of you know again. It doesn't the matter. The news isn't what matters. It's the market's reaction to that news. But we've had a clear, all clear signs of slowing economy for some time. Uh, if Jay Powell doesn't come out on Wednesday when they release the, the Fed minutes and he does his presser. Oh, God, here we go again. Right. It, just somebody unplug the microphone. Give him a give him give him about three or four questions and just unplug the microphone because that's where things tend to go bad for him. But if Jay Powell doesn't come out and admit what I just said, that the economy is slowing, that they don't believe they're going to have to be as hawkish, that you know all this talk of four to six rate hikes in 2022 and quantitative tightening, uh, that's out the window. If he doesn't say something at least similar to that, then I will say that Jay Powell is now a liar and that he is not a truth teller and that he there's another agenda happening here because this is what's happening, folks. And I wrote it up this morning. We've said it here before. I'll repeat it again. This is not a, a call for as a rocket scientist, okay, or a brain surgeon. We are in Obama's third term. Obama's the only president, or either over four or eight years, to never put up 2% GDP growth, didn't do it in a quarter or a year, okay? We're in Obama's third term. Pretty much everybody knows this. The Fed obviously knows this. So the Fed's concern cannot be the economy's too hot. Now, they can say inflation is too hot, but that's of their own doing, right? Money printing is inflation. It's the very definition of inflation. They'll never say that, which is how you know it's true. That's criminal right there, in my opinion. Well, we just the, the fraudulent nature of what we're surrounded by, it's just sickening, isn't it? But this is the quote that I used this morning. I'll repeat it here again today. Biden and Obama are not pro-growth presidents. They are pro-government growth presidents. Big difference. And folks, it's an impossibility. I'm telling you, it's a, it's, a, it's a physical impossibility for the economy to run hot when the focus is on growing the government rather than growing the free markets of capitalism. This is why it was always a given that the economy is going to slow down. I believe also if voters understood this point, if they really understood what I just said, they would never, ever, ever, ever vote for a liberal, especially today's liberals and progressives, ever again. Okay? Because they're communists. They don't know how an, an economy is supposed to work. They really want to destroy America to begin with. 
But bottom line, and we said we've been very consistent on this. No, although this story broke from a couple places today, we are not we are not forecasting a recession. But I'll tell you, if the Fed hikes rates twice, I would probably say we are going to have a. Re- if the Fed hikes rates twice, it's highly likely, highly likely that we'll have a recession in the United States, and the damage to the stock market is just beginning. I just don't think that's going to be the case. I, I, we've said it forever. We'd give them one rate hike, you know, just to save face so, so Jay Powell can keep going to dinner parties. But beyond that, I just, unless inflation is just, you know, again, running rampantly out of control, one rate hike should be it. I think that's what happens on Wednesday. We start to get that pivot. J.P. Morgan made the pivot over the weekend. J.P. Morgan sees a sharp slowdown in the U.S. economy and no further hawkish developments from the Fed. Uh, Morgan Stanley followed that over the weekend as well with something almost exactly similar. If that all sounds similar to you, well, sorry, but that's what we've been saying for a while now. And uh, again, we felt pretty confident about it because this is not a tough call. It's it's Obama's third term. It's just not a tough call. Uh, Yeah, we've got a lot of risk, no question about it. But it's really just the biggie, isn't it? Because the Fed's not going to go crazy with rate hikes. It's really about the idiot that's in D.C., okay? Our our, our puppet in chief, uh, (laughs) Barack Barack Biden, uh, that is uh, running the show. And uh, that's a problem, you know, because uh, they want to go to war. Uh, That's that's how he's going to wag the dog. And hopefully get his uh, his ratings up, his poll numbers up going into the midterms. They think that war uh, is going to unify the country. It, it may unify the military-industrial complex, folks, but it ain't going to do it for the rest of us. It's uh, Let's just hope that the cooler heads prevail. It's interesting today. Ukraine came out. Ukraine, okay, and said, why are we overreacting? Why are you overreacting, United States? Why, 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 are, you, why are you bringing home your, your, uh, your consulate members, your embassy members? Why, why are you doing this? Well, why are you overreacting? Why, why are we, why are we, 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 why are we, why do we have a drumbeat of war? We're still talking, right? European Union said the same thing today, sans uh, the UK. The UK and the US are, are, are blood buddies, you know, when it comes to going to war. They are warmongers. They just are. I'm talking about the permanent ruling class, military industrial complex, the UK, and so many Republicans, so many Republicans. They're just, they're just, uh, really, they're, they're a disgrace to everything that's great about America. They want to go to war with Russia, Ukraine, and they want to save their piggy bank, which is Ukraine. That's where they launder so much money and so much corruption takes place. That's what this is really about, plus Biden's poll numbers. And I think Americans are speaking pretty clearly on this. Stay the hell out of it. We're not sending sending our boys, young men and women, off to war over a, a border dispute when we don't even protect our own borders. So absolutely makes zero sense whatsoever. Um, so yeah, yes, bottom line, we've reached dramatically oversold levels. We think the bounce from here continues. It won't be straight up. Again, volatility now is here. Uh, but, uh, buying quality positions, if you're a, uh, you know, if you're, again, if you're a medium long-term investor, always makes sense. And the great thing about this market is there's a whole lot of them to pick from. Find your favorite company, begin, keep adding to positions and you're playing out for the bull market that's ahead. It's the same bull market we're in now. You know, we during the '95 to 2000 bull market run up, folks. In the last two years of that of that melt up, right, 18 months really, I think. And assuming the last two and a half years, as the melt up was the real melt up was starting, we had four corrections of more than 10 percent, and a bear market of 21 percent. That's what led to the final melt up, by the way, and in, in the fall of '98 through the spring of 2000. So, corrections are normal. 
Uh, they're painful. They're not fun to go through. Uh, but you know, uh, you can't you can't buy low. You can't buy low when the markets are at all time highs. This is when you got to suck it up, and you got to say, "Look, I'm buying quality companies or ETFs, whatever your you know whatever uh, whatever uh, floats your boat." And that's when you step up and you take a position, or you can wait a little bit and say, "You know, I want to I want to make sure this all works out first. We, I'm a little aggressive. You know, I like to I like to try to buy as as cheap as possible. And I think to do that, sometimes you got to be a little more aggressive on the risk. But it's up to everybody's. You know, I just believe, and I know Tyler agrees. This bull market's in its infancy, folks. We're two years into a bull market here that's got years to go, okay? And anybody now that's saying we're in a bear market is going to be extended, I just think they're dead wrong. I think they're dead wrong. And I think, you know, you look forward now because the market likes to anticipate. November comes, you know, unless you just don't know with these Democrats, these really, they're criminals, and they're not really even Democrats. They're just the ruling class. You know, what are they going to try to do to rig this election? I just don't see it right now. And I'm looking, believe me, uh, I just don't see it. I think there's a big Republican red wave. Let's hope that we get rid of so many of the uh, the rhinos there. They're really against ruling class members. And we get some true, you know, America lovers that take their place in Congress. I can tell you there's a whole lot of them on the way. And a lot of, there are already some there. So I think that's all good. And then we start looking forward and uh, we get the economy back on track with uh, because Biden is a lame duck, and that's a very good thing. He's a complete lame duck. Okay, let's look under the hood today. Again, what a big change today we had in the internals. Again, they've just been so ugly. And I'll, I'll tell you this one thing. And when you hear this, you're going to know, Kip, what are you talking about? These are horrible numbers. I'm going to start with this one. The, uh, the, uh, the new 52-week highs to lows. Okay, this is NYSE and NASDAQ combined. Today we had 25 stocks hitting a new 52-week high. But that's combined. <laughs> that's combined. NYSE and NASDAQ. 25 stocks hit a new 52-week high to 2,547, hitting a new 52-week low. And yet the markets rallied. So this is like, this is like a capitulation. It's a classic kind of capitulation day. Um, NASDAQ had, by itself had 1,755 stocks hitting a new 52-week low. you got to remember a lot of these are SPACs, which they count three times. It's a, it's a unit, right? So they count as the common stock, the warrants, and then the unit itself trades. So there's a three, kind of a three for there, which is why we're getting such awful, awful readings because these SPACs, of course, should never have gone public. Most, most of them should just never have gone public. They're just not ready for prime time. It was just, they just ripped the public off with these SPACs. The SEC did nothing to stop it. All the accounting fraud, you know what? Fuck the SEC for this. This is something, this is why they're there. And it's a disgrace that they allowed these companies to go public with accounting fraud, just much like we have Chinese companies trading in the U.S. that are nothing but accounting frauds and gimmicks and scams. And again, this is not a, a political issue left or right. Okay, this is a, <laughs> there's no gray area here, right? These Chinese companies, these SPACs should not be trading in the U.S. I'd say 90% of these SPACs should never have gone public. 90% of these SPACs should never have gone public, and we're paying the price for that now. Just in the last couple of years, we have 1,500 more NASDAQ companies trading than we did before, 1,500. That's a big increase. That's a lot for the market to absorb. So it's no surprise that we see these kind of uh, draw, uh, drawdowns and, and, and sharp corrections in the market when people have bought crap. You know, they bought crap, they own crap, and then they're stuck in these crappy companies because the SEC allowed them to go public in the first place. It's not that much different what's happened in the crypto space Again, so many fraudulent cryptocurrencies that should not exist, but that is a free market. People, you know, a fool and his money are soon parted, folks. 
And you got so many people throwing money at these shit coins. They're just worth nothing whatsoever, okay? I'm a big Bitcoin guy. There's a couple others that I think have interest that have a that have a reason to be here, okay? But there's so many of these are just scams. They're just taking money from people. The SEC could have surely stepped up and said, you know what, folks? You know, if we can put a, a warning label on a pack of cigarettes, we can do it for these uh, scam uh, uh, shit coins that uh, no one should ever, ever purchase. Uh, we've tried to be very consistent on that here. I do like Bitcoin long term. I do not like it short term. Actually, short term, I like it here. I think it's probably due for a bounce. I'd say probably a move to 40, maybe even the back to the 200 day uh, before we go lower again. I think lower for longer for Bitcoin uh, continues to be the smart money play there. We just got to, there's a lot of excess in this space. There's a lot of people that, that owns, own, uh, that are in this space that probably shouldn't be in it. It just takes a while to work out that excess. And that's very good, by the way. That's a healthy market correction taking place. And if you're a long-term believer in Bitcoin or Ether, you know what? That's an opportunity to buy cheap, right? That's an opportunity for the long term to buy cheap, and that's how I think it should be looked at. Um, okay. In the uh, so anyway, as far as the internals, wow. Nasdaq came all the way back, positive volume for day for Nasdaq. That's a big change. Uh, Nasdaq advanced decline just slightly negative today, even with seventeen hundred and fifty-five stocks hitting new fifty-two week lows for Nasdaq. This is a win for the internals today. We're giving it a a, a green sticker, uh, a, a, a big a big green star. For his performance today. Uh, as far as the advanced decline today and NYSE, slightly negative, 400 issues, not a big deal. And volume also slightly negative for NYSE. So, uh, oh, I, I'm going to say when you're down 1,200 points in the Dow Jones and you're down 4% in S500, 5% almost on NASDAQ, and you come back with these kind of internals, we're going to give it, uh, we're going to give it a green. We'll say it's a win today. In our sector watch today, of our 11 SP500 sectors, we had, uh, Eight finished higher, three finished lower. To the upside, led by consumer discretionary. Makes sense. I've been hit pretty hard. Up 1.2%. Energy, up a half percent. Industrials, up 5 tenths, 1% as well. On the downside, utilities, down 1%. Uh, utilities are their own creature. And healthcare, down 3 tenths of 1%. Uh, the VIX today was interesting as well. Again, it's another one of those fear, frothy things. We always had the trend. The arms index hit two again today. It 1.93 on Friday. Again, these are, these are panic selling signs. The VIX at one point today was up. I believe I saw the VIX up 30% today. Uh, it, it finished up 3%. You get these kind of, one thing you should note on, on, on the VIX, you get these kind of one-day gains of 30% or something. It's almost always a sign the market sell-off is overdone. Uh, but uh, we'll have to see how that plays out going forward. But again, the big takeaway today is that when you're already coming to a Monday, extreme oversold, and you get a really weak Monday, it's not an option you have to buy. You know, it doesn't mean you have to go all in or anything, but this is this is when you, this is when you buy low. It, that's just that's when you buy low. Pick your favorite stocks. Be ready to act. That's what we do here at the VRA. Come and join us, folks, at VRAinsider.com. Again, VRAinsider.com. And uh, just to, oh, wrap wrap up the commodity watch today. Our commodity watch today a little quiet today because again, all the action today was focused on the equities. Uh, gold today up up another eleven dollars an ounce at eighteen forty three. Gold and silver have been, uh, you know, uh, if you own physical gold and silver, you're saying, what equity correction? You're saying, what do you mean Bitcoin has dropped by 50% in value? I don't own them. I own gold and silver. The gold and silver is doing what they should be doing. And anybody that, that it always drives me crazy when I see people in Bitcoin that say Bitcoin is the new gold or it's replaced gold as a store of value. No, it has not. Do you not know how crazy you sound when people say this? It makes me disrespect the space, to tell you the truth. 
uh, because this just is, it's a crazy statement to make. Gold's been around 5,000 plus years, right? Bitcoin's got a decade under its belt, and all of a sudden it's some kind of store of value. No, it doesn't have that track record at all. And it, they should never be compared to Bitcoin. I really hope people in the Bitcoins, in the crypto space, wake up to, 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 to really uh, shoot themselves in their own foot with language, language like that. It just doesn't belong. Gold is its own asset class. I should say precious metals are their own asset class. Gold today up 11 at 1843. Silver down 29 cents an ounce at 2403. Uh, copper today was uh, uh, down 6 cents a pound at 445. Oil today down $1.13 a barrel. Again, still holding strong at 84.02. Actually, energy stocks came back and turned uh, green today at the close as well. And finally, Bitcoin, again, bouncing off the lows of just right at 33000 up 1500 right now at 36866 Again, folks, appreciate you listening to us. Please keep your feedback coming. We always appreciate it. And we'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.